everyone, it's Saturday. Time for another episode of Beyond Garnet. Let's get creative. Maybe too intense for some listeners. Maybe unsuitable for sensitive people. May cause dizziness. May cause drowsiness. May cause excitability. Safety goggles may be required for listening. Take with food. Avoid contact with skin. Avoid extreme temperatures and store in a cool, dry place. This is not legal advice. Must be present to end. Contents under pressure may contain small parts. Listen at your own risk. Hey everyone, thanks for joining me for another episode of Beyond Garnet. Hang on to your hookahs, friends, because I've got a fantastic guest for you. Commando, Mad Max, Weird Science, Inner Space. Joining me today is the legendary Vernon Wells. So I was excited when I did a little research on you because you're a fellow Capricorn. Oh, yes, ma'am. Are you as stubborn as I am? Probably. When were you born? (laughs) January 1st. Oh, January 1st. Yeah, mine's the 30th. That was nearly uh, a Christmas Eve baby. Oh. I mean, a, a New Year's Eve baby. Yeah. I was the New Year's Eve baby in my little town yeah. that I was born in. Yeah. <laughs> I was born in a little town, a little country town in Australia. Oh, nice. Yeah, I love your accent, yeah. by the way. Oh, thank you. You're very welcome. Yeah, a, little, a little, little country town called Rushworth, which is a tiny little place. Um, whereabouts are you? I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah, what part of California are you in? I live in Pacific Palisades on the coast. Oh, nice. Very nice. I've been out there quite a few times. I love it out there. Yeah, it's kind of fun. I'm I'm kind of on the side of a mountain looking down over the ocean. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. No, I'm (laughs) uh, quite happy about it, actually. It's uh, quite nice. Very good. Very good. So, I have some really fun questions, probably nothing you haven't been asked before in multiple interviews. Maybe one or two weird ones, but we'll get to those later. Oh, good. <laughs> Everybody knows you from Mad Max. Everybody loves the picture of you with the crazy face and the mohawk, and which is probably my first introduction to you as an actor. But you actually started out in commercials, is this correct? Um, yeah, I, uh, actually I started out in a band. In a band? Uh, in a band, yes. So I was the lead vocalist in a, uh, a, a band in Australia. Well, in, in uh, quite a few, actually. Um, and that's where it all started. Um, I followed in my mother's footsteps. She was a songwriter. And, um, oh, that's fun. I was quite, con- I, yeah, I was quite content with it. You know, I thought, well, you know, drugs, sex, rock and roll. It was kind of my, my, my dream all kind of, my dreams had come true, so I was a happy dude. But um, I was involved in a um, quite serious car accident um, with the band, like not the band, but I was in the band truck with all our equipment. And uh, I got uh, hurt my back. I had um, two compressed fractures in my oh. back. Wow. Um, and I couldn't walk and and stand and things for quite a while so I couldn't work with the band and as I was getting better the our manager uh, Bobby got sick of me being a pain in his <laughs> rectorial area and said you know I'm going to take your photo around somebody's going to have to take you off my hands and he kind of went to all the agencies and one of them was casting for a cigarette commercial and they said uh, oh he looks pretty good send him in so I went in and I got it um, and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And I didn't have to share the money with, um, <laughs> you know, yeah. four or five other guys in the band. So I thought, oh, this is the way to go. I like this. Unfortunately, I got bored 
not that soon after you was like, oh God, this is so boring. What am I doing? Um, and then uh, the same agency said, look, you know, we've got these uh, TV shows. Like, um, you'll only be an extra, but they're looking for people, and it would probably be something you'd enjoy. So I started doing that. And uh, from that is where directors started sort of saying, hey, you, you know, the big ugly guy at the back oh. of here, and, you know, do, do this. And um, that was where it all started. Uh, not very glorious, but the way it, uh, the way it was. Um, not that I ever really had any interest in pursuing acting. It was never my driving force. You know, I didn't sort of wake up in the morning and go, I'm going to be an actor. Right. I would wake up in the morning and say, you know, I'm, I'm going to be going off to uh, Bendigo or, or some other place and playing with the band this weekend. So that was kind of where my focus was. But uh, a gentleman by the name of George Miller changed all that. So, you know, that's the way it goes sometimes. Yeah. Very, very interesting. So would you say, this is one of the questions I typically ask people is if they had a defining moment when they knew they wanted to be an actor. So I guess it was that whole, the accident leading over into the commercials and you going, hey, yeah, I, this is really cool. So would you call that your yeah. moment? I, I don't think I call that my defining moment. It was more of a, I, I, I was getting paid to do nothing sort of <laughs> moment, you know? Yeah. Oh, look, they're paying me all this money and I'm just sitting on a set and smoking cigarettes or being in all these wonderful locations. Oh, yeah, this is kind of cool. Um, it was that kind of moment. But my, I think my defining moment as an actor was the thing that launched my acting career, which was a stage play called Hosanna, mm -hmm. which for the longest time I really didn't want to do because it was a two-hander, and if you know what that means, it's, there's only two people in the play. Mm -hmm. um, and it was like a 120-page script for the play, and it was written by Michel Tremblay, who's French-Canadian, and it was about uh, Montreal wanting to secede from Canada to become a um, French-speaking, like, part of France in the middle of, of um, Canada, and Canada sort of went, no. <laughs> um, so he wrote this play about it, and it was a, a transvestite and her boyfriend, and they represented the government and the people of Montreal in their two uh, kind of um, portrayals. And that terrified me, having not really done anything that you would classify as acting. Um, I'd done little things, and one line here, or half a line there, but that was it. I, I, never really pursued it or thought that that was my career. But I think that the, the deciding moment of everything was opening night of that stage play. Wow. And I went on stage against all my better judgment and scared, <laughs> totally scared to death. <laughs> I was shaking so bad that the stage manager had to ask me not to lean against the set because I was making the set vibrate. Wow. I was so scared. After the play finished, just walking down to where my mother and my auntie and my brother and my sister were waiting in the, in the bar and sort of uh, looking at my mother's face. Uh, that was my defining moment. Oh, I love the scene, that. The look on her face of how proud she was. It was like, yeah. And of course, she said about destroying my whole thing of myself and 
cutting me into little pieces so I wouldn't get a big head. But um, it was it was kind of that. I think that out of everything was the moment that if you wanted a defining moment, that was probably it. Just speaking how happy and proud she was of her son having done what he did. And that, what, that's what made me think. You know, this is probably good. What a great moment. Do you remember, and I, I know you do, but I'm going to ask, do you remember how you felt at that moment? Do you always remember that? Oh, yeah. I, I, was, I was like a little 10-year-old yeah. for his, for, to his mother to get her, her to, to, to tell me that it was good or bad, you know, hoping yeah. that she would say it was good. And um, you know, my, my mother, because to, to set the scene, the opening scene, I come onto the set, and I stripped naked. Wow, okay. In front of the audience. And yeah. the audience, the, the first row of the audience is like four feet from the edge of the stage. Sure. So people are like very close to what my other parts of my body are doing. And um, when I went downstairs, I talked to my mother and I said, you know, oh, what'd you think? She said, you know, you were wonderful. It was just amazing to watch you. I said, oh, because I was sort of, very scared. There was a few things in the play that I know my mother is against, mm-hmm. and so I was very reticent to see what would happen. Yeah. And I said, "Oh, you know." So then, then I was like, "Wow, that's really cool." And she just looked at me, and she was got the hands on my shoulders, and she looked at my, and she was looking into my face, and her eyes went down my body to my groin, and she went, "And you have grown, haven't you, sweet?" <laughs> And that was the end of it. I was like, I am never acting again, ever in my life. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> yeah, just build me up and then drag me down. <laughs> I love but, it. But, uh, yeah, that, I remember that moment very, very well. Oh, yeah, I bet. So what were you like as a kid? Uh, a total pain in the rear. Yeah? I was totally, you just couldn't control me, even if you tied me down, I... I broke my arm twice. Um, I managed to drive, because I grew up on a farm, and I managed to drive the, the uh, tractor, the farm tractor, into the uh, creek. <laughs> we had a creek that went around one side of the property. I managed to drive it into that. Um, I thought that I would see if the chainsaw really worked and cut down a grove of trees that my grandfather had planted. Um, yeah, it was just small things. I was, I was a little rebel. Yeah. Totally. All my life, I was a little rebel. My mother said to me one day when I was about 17, 18, I came home one night, a Sunday night, I think, and she looked at me and she went, amazing. I said, but she said, I didn't know you drank till you came home sober. (laughs) That that was just what I was like. I I went out on the weekend and I was flat out for the whole weekend. I was an Australian. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of, a wild boy. Sure. Um, but you know, things, you know, everything sort of goes in a circle and all those kind of things. They're all growing up experiences and each one of them compounds upon itself until eventually you, you really do have this amazing amount of material in your own mind to draw from when you're playing different characters. And um, I think that was probably the, the most beautiful part of it that if I'm doing something I could always look back on who I was as a kid or as a a young adult and who my friends were and the things that we did.
I think that's just something that a lot of people don't have, which I'm fortunate enough to have. Yeah, your mental toolbox. Yeah. Now, do you have any new projects going on right now that you can tell us about? Uh, yeah, I'm actually, I believe, um, attached to five projects. At wow, the moment, that's um, great. Which, um, if the pandemic ever ends, um, I'll be able to do. I'm uh, doing um, one um, which I'm looking forward to immensely, which is called um, Island in the Stars. Mm-hmm. And it's basically a retelling of Treasure Island. Oh, uh, fun. That's cool. With, uh, yeah, and I'll be playing the, one of the roles that I've always wanted to play. And that's Long John Silver. I'll be playing the Long John Silver role. Oh, that's fun. Pirate. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that'll, be, that'll be kind of fun. Um, I'm looking forward to doing that. I'll be doing a good friend of mine whom I work with quite regularly um, in Australia, uh, Travis is doing a, uh, a project. Virtually, uh, I'll be playing a grumpy old man out in the forest who doesn't want to know anybody, doesn't want to get involved with anybody, and there's this whole group of basically outlawry type people that are doing very bad things. Ah. They never come near me because it's kind of, if you come near me, you could end up dead. So they never bother me, and then these four kids by accident stumble on them, and then uh, end up in my cabin trying to escape from them so they won't be killed. And then I have to decide whether I'm just going to let these kids die for no good reason or I'm actually going to fight for them and, and do what I swore I'd never do, and that's get involved. Mm. And so that's the film. Um, that one's kind of fun. That'll be done over in... Uh, Australia in Queensland mm-hmm. and back here I'm doing a project called Death at Sunrise which is a western oh fun. I love westerns yeah we did um, you can find it actually if you go on to the internet I believe on YouTube Death at Sunrise you'll see the, the 25 minute teaser for it oh I'll look that up which is, which is a proof of concept and another a short, a 20-minute short called Southern Hard, which is about a, um, a southern colonel who runs into uh, northern troops and gets shot up and manages to escape to this cave that he remembers from his youth. And um, he passes out because he's been shot in the stomach. And when he uh, comes to in the morning, he realizes somebody else is in the cave. And it turns out to be the slave girl that he grew up with. Oh. That was his plaything, his toy, the person he treated like crap. And she's now escaped from the um, plantation. So she considers herself to be a free woman. Mm-hmm. And he can't get past being a slave owner, so he treats her like she's still his slave. And so you have this battle of wits between the two of them. One of them's dying and the other one is escaping to freedom. So it's kind of really, really intense. And uh, that one I love. Uh, it's coming up. Um, what else have we got? We've got uh, lots, of, lots of projects that I'm involved with in one way or another. Sure. Uh, one, of them, one of them's based, uh, will be shot in Georgia, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, which is based on a murder that happened up there in 1948, 1950, to uh, African-American uh, young guy about 23, 24, uh, got out of jail, they're in on, on just, you know, like 
small charges, you know, like 30 days sort of thing. And they came out of jail and they both got a little drunk and decided it was New Year's Eve, decided they were going to break into this house. They broke into the house and there was a family there, of a husband, wife and 16-year-old daughter, and they butchered the three of them. Wow. And it was about, it's about that and then it's about the, the police who had to put it together and had to find out who did it and get all the evidence. And it's a, quite an interesting um, piece. Um, yeah. I really, uh, really liked it, but that'll be going ahead once the uh, pandemic finishes. Sure. I love films um, that are based on, like, true events. Yeah, because I, they're, I they're a lot more fun to do. And I've got some projects coming out. I mean, Kill Giggles comes out in about a month. Um, a, a, a film that I, I won a Best Actor Award for at one of the shows is coming out. Uh, I think it's already now released mm-hmm. on platforms over here called Landfall, which was shot in Australia, which is a really cool movie. Yeah. Um, Trouble is My Business, which I love. That's a great title. Yeah, it, it's a really cool movie. It's a film noir. Oh, uh, the best way to watch it. Black one of my other favorite things right stuff. there westerns and film noir i love both of those yeah well i i'd have a look at um uh, trouble is my business it's a really really good good film um really really good film and in black and white it's stunning yeah um and there's other odds and sods as they say coming sure. up there's a tv series they're interested in me for which i can't talk about but we'll see yeah it goes. i keep getting a lot of work given to me from my partner we own a a studio complex in um, Sacramento called Eden Studios. So he's got projects going all the time and he keeps on being. Well, that's enough cool. to put me in it. I'm not <laughs> sure why. He likes you for some reason, right? I don't know. There's something there. Yeah, he worries me. Um, but yeah, so, you know, Brian's a really, really great guy. Things are happening, put it that way. I just, you know, right at the moment it's torturous. Yes. But the funny thing is, next week I have to do um, a couple of scenes out of a film that they're shooting. The director will be on Zoom and you'll be yeah. um, shooting yourself, like yeah. you, uh, filming yourself. And he'll be directing and, and telling you how he wants it and do it again, do it this way, do it that way. So it, it could be kind of fun too. I haven't done anything like that yet, so that could be a bit it's of fun. It's a new experience, so yeah. Totally. Yeah. As to whether I enjoy it or not, we are yet to find out. <laughs> yeah. Now, are you a collector of anything? Probably a collector of wolves. We're involved with a uh, rescue kit called Apex Protection, uh, which is um, on the internet. If you go on the internet, you'll bring it up, Apex Protection, uh, Wolf and Wolf Dog Rescue. Uh, that's a friend of mine's house uh, property that we have eight out there. Uh, we have uh, we're involved in another group who have about 20 to 46, I think. Wow. Um, but uh, mostly because my 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 guardian spirits are uh, wolves and dolphins. Very cool. According to the according to the um, Cheyenne Arapaho tribe, so yeah, I have a lot of stuff on wolves around my house and uh, dolphins because we are uh, fortunate enough by uh, the grace of God to be able to look out our window and see dolphins in the bay. I'm very jealous. Which is like, yeah, it's <laughs> like, oh, look, the dolphin's back. That's going to be a good day. That's nice. But apart, from, apart from that, I, I used to 
I used to collect bits and pieces from all the movies I did, but you know what? Eventually it gets to be ridiculous because you get so much stuff. Sure. All over your house that's, that's really doing nothing except collecting dust. And you're like, oh, that wasn't. But now mostly what they do is people know I won't take anything, so they usually, if I've got a, an outfit or something I really like, I usually end up getting that, you know, like a, a suit or a jacket or something that I really like wearing. They'll just let me keep it. Now, did you get to keep any of your wardrobe from Mad Max? I have the whole costume. Oh, you do? That's awesome. So yeah. do you like playing uh, the villain? You know what? It's it's funny because this is a question, like you said, that I get asked. Sure, sure. I, I don't look at it as playing the villain. I look at it the way a very famous um, actor once said is that the difference between villains and heroes is that the villain always sees the hero and that the hero is the villain to the villain. Yes. And vice versa. So I always try to play my villains as people who are not being villainous. They're doing what they perceive they need to do. And the person who's trying to stop them for them is the villain. So it's, and I love it because villains don't have have um, boundaries. You know, if you're a villain in a film, you can do basically anything. The right. villain gets away with, with murder, so to speak. Whereas if you're the, the hero of the piece, you do have boundaries. You can't do certain things. You know, the hero wouldn't do that, or no, no, the hero wouldn't do that. Um, so you have to be very aware of that. Whereas as a villain, you don't. You know, yeah. Cares? I think grandma's butt, nobody cares. Um, so it can be a lot of fun yeah. playing the villain. And, the, and one of the reasons I like it is because it's not who you are. Well, you would hope it's not who you are. Sure. Um, but it's a persona that you adapt. Whereas if it's the hero, it's very much who you are. So um, a lot of you, you know, goes into that performance. And, you know, a lot of actors don't like doing that. Yeah. I love this. I hope a lot of actors listen to this episode of the podcast um, because I think that's an interesting way to look at the hero and the villain. And I think that's something that a lot of actors could appreciate. A different perspective of looking at the villain. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, I play both now. You know, yeah. You probably look at my, anyway, I play villains, yeah. I play good guys. Yeah. Um, but I play them both with that same attitude because if you don't, you take away part of what that character is. And, and to me, that's cheating. You know, yeah. you, you've got to go out there and make the character as, as round and whole as you can make them because that's what the whole thing's about. You know, I, I once said to a director who wanted, kept saying to me, well, can you do it more like Mad Max? And so one day I said to him, I said, you know what would be easier than you telling me all the time I should do it more like Mad Max? And he said, what? I said, I could get a six-foot blow-up of me as Mad Max, and you could tow that around the set, and you wouldn't have to worry about me. <laughs> he didn't like that, did he? Nope. <laughs> he thought I was an arrogant. But yeah. so that was the point. You know, yeah. I don't want to go and do that again. I want to be able to adapt the character how I see it as an actor and how it fits into what the director wants and yeah. what the writers have written. Not scoop up, oh, look, let's make Mad Max rewrite. You know, I did right. it once. I did it for weird yeah. science. 
and that yeah. was basically because it was a um, comedy, yeah. and I wanted to work with John Hughes. So, I mean, you know, but you you don't want to keep dredging up what you've done. You what you want to do is be able to move on and, and make yes. each character different. I have so many people will talk to me and go, you know what? Until I actually saw your name, I didn't know it was you in 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 warrior and commando and weird science yeah it's like yeah that's <laughs> what i do and I went, yeah but you do it all so differently you know that you're not that character that you can see you, know, you don't just look at the character and go, oh yeah it's done once again and i think that that to me is is more of, of, of what i love to hear than people coming up and saying oh you know you're such a great actor well yeah okay thank you that's really cool but if you tell me that you didn't know i was doing the character that means more to me because it means that i was able to do that character to a degree that you didn't know who it was you were more interested in the character yes and that's what i think we all strive for absolutely i would agree with that now, who is someone that you haven't worked with yet that you'd like to work with in the future? You know, I have been incredibly fortunate. I've worked with a lot of wonderful people, both sides of the camera. Um, yeah. I can never say that, that I, I haven't worked with people. I wonder what I do. And uh, there's a couple of people I'll be uh, working with in different projects that are coming up that I've really wanted to work with. But... I don't know, in, in that score of, of, you know, the people that I really wanted to work with aren't around anymore. Yeah, to, I know what you mean, yeah. Because there was a certain thing that they had that, that I just, that I just wanted to be on the set and watch them. Um, I'm a great boyer, you know, which I think most actors are. We're, we're peeping toms, you know, we like to watch society and yes. humanity as a whole and see how people interact. And there were some wonderful, wonderful actors from bygone years that, you know, that you could watch and go, wow, how the hell did they do that? Um, because they didn't have the techniques we have now. They didn't have all the uh, computer graphics and all this stuff. Yeah. They actually had to do it. Yeah, the, I watch Burt Lancaster develop. and I want to cry that yes. he's no longer around, you know. Yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, love, love Bert Lancaster, and that's that's what I'm, I'm saying. Those yeah. people, you know, from and all the people that you know, you go back Humphrey Bogart, all those people, but back into the fifties and early sixties when they made all those films, but they used basically the same cast in every film. Yeah, you'd have the same five or six people that would, you know, Peter Lorre and people like that that would all turn up, and but it was amazing to watch how they did it and how they worked. You know, you could just sit and watch them and go, wow, if I ever get like that, I'll be really happy because there was a, a thing about them that we tend to lose sight of now because we're so used to having, oh, well, don't worry about it, we'll fix it in post. I don't Whereas like that phrase. Like, that phrase. Yeah, I <laughs> <it>. <laughs> no, I'm going to, you say that, I'm going to throw something at you. <laughs> yep, it's like, seriously. Um, but back in, in the 50s and, and, you know, 60s, you didn't have that choice. You had to be able to deliver. When you were on that camera, you had to be able to do your job. Yeah. And I just love that. And I, you know, I've done a lot of films and I've worked with a lot of wonderful people that have that same attitude, you know. 
but we're still, you know, a lot of the, the, the current directors have a tendency to rely more on the fact that if they can't get it, they'll just do it in person, um, which I don't like. Yeah. Yeah, you'd but, have a um, list. You have probably have a long list if you were actually to sit yeah, and think I, about I, it. Yeah. It's like, it's like the reason that I'm so happy about doing um, Island in the um, start with the, the director of that is that he was the director and writer and and on the set one day he said to me what are three films in your bucket list that you want to do before you twaddle off this earth and I said yeah I'd like to play Long John Silver in Church Island and uh, I'd love to play the captain in 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea the the captain of the um, submarine and I would like to do a real version of a vampire movie instead of doing it with 12-year-olds. Oh, yeah. Um, yes, please. <laughs> and he was like, oh. And that was basically it. You know, he just wandered off and said, okay. And I was like, um, okay. And about three months after we finished the film, um, he rang me up one day and he said, I've got something I want you to look at. And I emailed that to you. I said, sure. And he emailed me this whole package for Island in the Stars, and I just went, oh, my God. And I rang him up, and I said, this is Treasure Island. And he said, yeah, well, you said you wanted to do it. And I was like, good God. So <laughs> I'm really, really excited for that one because it is on my bucket list Sure. to uh, do that character. So, yeah. yeah, and it's fun. I mean, I'm having so much fun. It's ridiculous. I've got a couple of little things coming out, I believe, the end of this month there'll be a, a short coming out called Fear of the Woods which is a proof of concept for a major film called Fear of the Woods but mm-hmm. they liked it so much that they were leasing it as a short the 15 minutes that I did for the for them you know to, for the concept and then in Australia there's the same thing um, there's a, a film being done a horror film which is sci-fi horror which is about the Min Min Lights in Australia about aliens and and uh, we shot a 20-minute um, trailer for that mm-hmm. um, like three years ago. And the guy didn't have the money to finish it. But now uh, they've just finished all the effects and everything because of the pandemic. They've had plenty of time to do stuff. Yeah. And uh, they'll be finished with all the mixing and everything by the end of July, I believe. And it'll come out. So I've got a couple of those coming out, and then there's like, I believe, seven films that are coming out between now and the end of the year. So it's like people aren't going to get rid of me quite that easy. You've been busy. <laughs> oh, yeah, I stay busy. Someone That's good. said to me, you're probably the second busiest bloody actor in, in America with all the projects that you get tied up with. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, well, I, I like working. I like doing it. It's my... My thing, I always made a deal with, with myself that the first time I wake up in the morning at four o'clock and go, ah, oh, crap, do I have to get out of bed and get a location? That's, I'm out of here. I'm finished. It's over. Yeah. While I can get out of bed at four o'clock in the morning and go, oh, yes. You know, I can't wait to get to the set, you know, and start. So yeah. I think that I'm going to keep doing. That's what gets me out of bed yeah. every day is all the creative stuff yeah. that I do. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah. I've noticed you've got a whole heck of a lot of crap going on there, young lady. I'm trying. I like being busy like yeah. you. I'm busy. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's the only way to be. You know, yeah. It's, it's, the whole thing is you've got to enjoy what you do and 
do it to the best of your ability. You're not, you know, I always get upset with the, the 20 something year olds who've never really done anything and they suddenly become a, a movie star. You know, someone sees them or they've done some stuff on Disney and suddenly they're being paid, yeah. you know, three or four million dollars and it, it, they become the born again devil on the set, you know? It's like, yeah. my God, you should be bending down and kissing the guy who hired you's feet. Yeah. Giving you the chance to get into this business. So, it's, yeah, sometimes it's, it's just, you know, you think, this is a career. This is like any other career. If you were a doctor, a dentist, or a carpenter, or, or anything, bloody gardener for, for crying out loud, this career is the same thing. You put 100% in to get 100% out. Yes. Yes. And you don't, you don't screw with it, you know? You just do your job. God, go to the set, do your job, and go home. So my next question was going to be, what is your advice to anyone who wants to get in the entertainment business or be an actor? Uh, buy a ticket and sit and watch it. <laughs> Don't do it? <laughs> no. no I, I, it's one of those questions people ask you and say, what about you? Sure. You, know, you never wanted to be an actor. Now look at you, you know, 280-odd movies later. It's like, um, yeah. But there's, there's certain things you've got to understand. If you want to become an actor, it has to be not because you want to be able to stand in front of people having yes. a photograph taken going, oh, look at me, I'm, I'm special. Yes. That, that could be the last thing on your mind. If you, wanted to be, if you want to be an actor, it's a career choice. You need to learn what it means to be an actor. You need to learn how to be an actor. You know, I do, uh, I teach classes with it's a nice, I always say to them, I cannot teach you to act. It's impossible. Everybody's born an actor. As a little child, that's how you get everything you want from your parents. Mm -hmm. You throw a tantrum, you plead, you, you go and, and get peeved and pissy in the corner. And all these things are acting because the minute you get what you want, your face lights up and you're as happy as a clam. Right. It's all an act, and you learn to do it, but some of us forget it, or we get it beaten out of us through bullying, or through the fact that our parents say to us, grow up, stop being a little twit, you know, stop doing all that dumb stuff. So you forget it, whereas some of us don't. Some of us go on and continue to be the little twit <laughs> and get into the, the career we want. But you really, really, really need to find out what it is. And as I said, when I'm teaching, I always say to the kids, you know, acting's really quite easy. It's, it's a square box. And the director will give you all the furniture to go in that box. And then your job as an actor is to put the furniture in the box. Now the director may say, I don't like the, do the door there, or I don't like the window there, or can we move the furniture here? And you do that. And now it's rearranged, and that is the way the director wants it. That's what acting is. No, what you know, a fantastic you know, way to look at it. I love that. Yeah, and it's that's but that's people try to make it also. But that's really in simplicity what it's about is that you get a square box and you get the furniture to put in it from the director. And then the director will tell you where he wants things if you haven't done it the way he wants it. And that's it. Not that hard. What's hard is being professional. 
oh, that's doing true. the thing and learning, making sure that you have everything right and that you go onto that set and that you're nice to everybody. You know, what I hate is people coming onto a set and they're, don't look at me, don't do this, don't do the other thing. It's like, dear God, you serious? You know, you should be thanking God that you've got a job. Yeah. Why would you want to act like that? And, you know, it'd be nice. My grandfather always taught me that on the way up, be very nice to the people because on the way down, they're going to be the ones that are kicking your ass. <laughs> That's true. That is very and, true. You know, yeah. Yeah, you just, it, it takes as much effort to be an ass as it does to be nice. Yes. It's that simple, you know, and I, I have a great regret for being nice. And I'm proud of it because I feel that being on the set, I'm there to help people, not be a, a hindrance. It's, you know, if somebody's got a problem, I'm more than willing to help them get over that problem so that what we're doing works, you know. I don't care if I have to drop down a little bit in my performance. That's not going to worry me in the least. I want to make them look good as well as me because if they don't look good, but I do, I look like a schmuck. And yeah. that's what people don't understand is you can't be the, the schmuck who looks wonderful and everybody else around you doesn't because they all deserve the same opportunity and the same... Um, thing to be able to look good and you know it's your your thing to help them make them that's me well and the better everyone performs together the better the project is yes you know there's no uh, me in actor yeah you know it's all it's a group it's always a group it's a group sport it always has yes been. that's why i love when we're talking about those 40s 50s 60s films yeah and the, the group, that's why I love them, because it was always a group effort. There was never one person, you know, yeah, you had your star, of course you did. That's the way movies are made. But if you watch those movies, the whole ensemble is on equal footing. Absolutely. And that's what makes those films so good. Yes, you know, and that's what makes them so memorable as well. You remember yeah. everybody in the cast, not just the star. Yes, and so, but we've forgotten that. Now we've got to have, you know, one of us is a star, and one of <laughs> us is a, you know, the lead. Oh, it's like, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, you know, I hate being called Mr. You know, I, I figure I haven't earned the right yet. Um, and I just like to be called Vernon. That's it. Yeah. And I was on um, Kill Giggles, and the director would call me Sir all the time. And I said, if you keep doing this, I'm going to charge you five dollars every time you call me for for charity. I ended up with like 150 bucks by the time finished filming me. I was like, I, I just don't like it. Yeah, I, I just like you. to be called Bernard. I, you know, I don't want to be put in a position of being better than someone else. Yeah, I'm not. You know, I'm not better than anybody. You know, I'm just um, just a fortunate, lucky human being who has been able to do what I do. And, you know, for that reason, I'm extremely happy. Yeah. But not not to be an ass, just, yeah. And that's a good thing. However, however, if you catch me driving on the freeway in Los Angeles, you will see the other side of me. Oh, do you, you suffer from road rage, out. huh? Because I do too. Oh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm just as liable to get out of the car and rip their arms <laughs> off and beat them to death with it. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> I am the worst. That's where you see the real Vernon come out. It's like, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> so that's the Capricorn side of me. Yes, I would agree with you. I am, I'm a road rager. I'm, I don't like traffic at all. 
So yeah, yeah. people are just so annoying. It's like <laughs> God, that thing called a cell phone, put it down. Yes, they're always on it, and it's like every modern vehicle you can buy has a phone system in the car. You do not need to even touch your cell phone. Yeah. But people still have it to their ear. Yeah. You're like, you're driving a new BMW, what, you didn't buy one that had the... <laughs> Blue- the Bluetooth, yeah. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. <laughs> so, of course, I, that's my little pet peeve. If you were going to ask me what's my biggest pet peeve, you just got it. Okay. Is that. It's like, ah. Well, I wasn't going to ask that, but I will ask my one question that everybody says it's so random. What is your favorite type of cake? Ah, my favorite type of cake is, um, oh, what do they call it? The, uh, it's, it's the chocolate and raspberry filling. It is, and I love it. And my other favorite thing is uh, lemon meringue pie. Ah, that was my dad's favorite, lemon meringue pie. I do too. Yeah, those are good. Chocolate eclairs, like the chocolate eclairs. Pastries and cakes and pies, that's my biggest downfall because I I love the sweet stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I also like like Australian um, pies and pasties and uh, sausage rolls and things which you can get from up near you actually. There's an Australian bakery. Oh, really? I, I order them. Yeah, I order them and get them sent down and they have different Australian um, confectionery, you know, like you can get all kinds of different things that I used to be able to get back in Australia. Which I, every so often I'll go berserk and, and a box will arrive with like a hundred dollars worth of lorry. You know, yeah. Huh. Like, oh, yes, well, damn. <laughs> these are the option, you know. <laughs> uh, like, you can't eat them. Yeah. Uh, who's going to stop me? <laughs> you know, like, but uh, yeah, that's that's kind of my downfall too. I, I yeah, I'm really bad on yeah. that stuff. Yeah. I know. Yeah, it really should never, but I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you can't deprive yourself. You have to every once in a while. I've gotten better at controlling uh, it when I was younger. When you know, when you went through that phase where you could eat whatever you wanted and you never gained weight. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's long gone. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I have to no, be careful I, now. <laughs> I, I look at that and I go. Oh, I still remember that. Let me see. God, that's so long ago when I could actually do that. Yeah. When no matter what you ate, it didn't ha- didn't didn't do anything. You yeah. Know, now, if you even walk past a confectionery shop or a bakery, you put on three pounds. Yeah. Like, oh damn it! You know, like, all I did was sniff. Um, yes. It's, it's a whole different thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I know. Oh. <laughs> so, if everybody wanted to find you on social media. Where would you want them to follow you? Uh, they can follow me on Facebook. Or, um, if they want to become one of my Facebook people, they have to actually go to my fan page. I have a, a thing on my Facebook now. I'm always at 5,000 yeah. followers. Yeah. So I've got a, a fan page, which they go, it's listed on my Facebook when you first open it. Okay. But it's, it's BG Wells or George Wells. They're both, one of them is my fan page and the other one is my, and I'm on um, yeah. Instagram and um, all the other 
silly little things you're supposed to be on yeah. as an actor in your family where you don't have a choice. Yeah, it's a necessary say, evil. You've got to be on this, this, and the other thing. And I go, I don't even know how to open it. How yeah. the heck can I go on it? <laughs> but they, so I have a, a, a PR person who does it. Well, not a PR. He's just basically someone who does all my internet, internet Yeah. Internet stuff. He, puts it, he takes stuff that comes out on me and he puts it up. The funny thing is, is that I don't think I got this huge, I was just amazed at how many thousands of people came onto this site. There was a picture of me uh, out of um, Commando mm-hmm. and uh, Bennett as Bennett. And then it had before the pandemic, after the pandemic. And the one beside it was this huge stack of pipes. <laughs> and if you remember um, Commando, at the end of it, Arnold throws a pipe through me. <laughs> That's great. And, uh, uh, stack of pipes. Yeah. And, and that was like, uh, oh, why me? What have I done to deserve this? <laughs> um, but huge amounts of people thought it was hysterical and came sure. on and started putting all these comments down, which I thought was really fun. So, yeah, I you know, I, I love the fact that, that I get to do conventions and not anymore, I don't, but I did get to do conventions and talk to people and you know, be able to chat with the, the people who like what you do. Because let's be serious: if you haven't got a strong fan base and people want to see things that you do, you ain't in the business for long. That's true. You know, they just—it's got to be that whole thing of people want to see what you're doing next, what's happening. So I'm very, very fortunate in that respect. Yeah. Well, speaking but, uh, of that, I am going to circle back and watch "Trouble Is My Business." And yes. I'm going to swing back and let you know what I think about that. And then I want to watch that um, The Desert Sunrise. There's a lot of stuff out there that I've done, which is Emerald Run just came out. Uh, City of Gold just came out. That, that one I had a lot of fun, actually. I played a 16th century conquistador. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I loved it. Um, I thought it was just so much fun doing that. Um, but that's, that's why I love what I do, is that, you know, you, you get to play all these characters. Just before I rang you, actually, I had the, the um, producer of a, a film that I'm doing, um, Once We Can Travel, and uh, it's basically they want me to shave my head. Um, they're going to put a scar across my face so that I have a patch because my eye's been destroyed. And I've actually played the devil. Oh, that's but fun. He's not called the devil. He's just this this being. Yeah. Who is ethereal. He's just, you know. Yeah. Um, and it seems like that that I love doing. It's like, oh, yeah, that'll be fun. Well, I enjoy your films. Thank you. I, You know what? I enjoy them, too. Well, I'm glad you do. Yeah, you know, some, some people say to me, who is your most favorite film? Uh, you know, of course, you always answer the same way, the ones I get paid for. Um, but <laughs> it's... It's, you know, I don't have a favorite film in respect to I can say to you right now, oh, that is my favorite film. Right. I have films that I I really, really like what I did in. And I really, really like. You know, I did a little tiny film um, ages ago called True Love, which is basically about a, um, a girl whose parents are both female. She... She uh, she befriends uh, a quarterback at the high school um, team, and he's gay, but nobody knows. 
Oh. And I play the coach, and I'm totally, totally against anything, even the word. Yeah. And it's this whole thing of where I have to, I get brought into it eventually, and I have to accept that there are different people in the world to what my perception is. And it's such a nice little film. It's just called True Love. It was such a sweet little film. I like that film. Yeah. For that reason. It yeah. was a nice, sweet little film and had a really strong message of tolerance. Which, sure. Well, I like that. Road Warrior? Yeah, of course I like Road Warrior. The first film I made. So why wouldn't I? You know? Right. Uh, weird Science was fun. I got to work with a lot of people who became very big actors in that same film. Yeah. Um, and, and worked with a wonderful director, you know, John Hughes, who unfortunately passed away. But I got to work with him. Um, you know, Inner Space, Steven Spielberg and Joe Dante. I've done three movies for Joe Dante. Um, so it, everything has something that I've enjoyed and that I like. Right. Um, so I can't really say I like one film more than another. I like what I do. And, you know, I only ever watch myself once. I go, <laughs> um, and then I won't watch it again. Um, because I always, I'm my worst critic, I'll just sit there and go, oh dear Lord, why did I do that? <laughs> um, and then the person sitting beside you or the person just after always going, oh man, that's so cool, did you just see what he did? And I'm the one going, oh God, why did I do that? <laughs> and so, you know, my perspective of what I do is totally out of whack with everybody else. Oh, sure. So I, I don't yeah. worry about it, it's like, ah, oh, whatever. As long as everybody enjoys the work that you're doing, it doesn't matter what you think. Nope. <laughs> it's, it's not for me, it's for them, you know. Yeah. So what I think really doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, Vernon, it's been a blast chatting with you. I thank you so much for your time. We made it work, and, and, and sweetheart, it has been a pleasure. Oh, thank you I, so much. Tru truly, truly a pleasure, and um, I believe you've got a son. I do. He's 15. He's 15. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, a, a, one, and a beautiful little dog, a little silky terrier or something. Yes, he's a Yorkie. Oh, yeah. a Yorkie. little what Yorkie. Little Yorkie. He is yeah, actually so. named after, from a John Hughes film, my first film crush, Jake Ryan from 16 Candles. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good luck. They are the spunkiest little dogs. Uh, a neighbor, she had to go into a, um, a care home. Yes. You had a little uh, uh, token, and uh, we took it because we didn't want it to go to a, uh, oh, to a, a pound shelter or something. Yeah, put it down because she was like 13 years old. Yeah, and she had a heart problem and you know little things. But she was the spunkiest little animal I uh -huh. ever had, and it took her about 12 months to get used to me. And then when she did, she would get up on the couch and attack me and fight <laughs> with me and yeah. just headbutt me. She was. Such a little quirk, and she fought to the end, and eventually her kidneys failed. Oh, and, um, yeah. She, uh, she went very quickly, um, but she fought all the way through. Basically, sure. she was fighting until she went comatose, and I had to put her out. Yeah. But you know, she just wouldn't. She just didn't want to go, and it was like we would, didn't want to let her go. She was such a sweet little thing. Oh, sure. I, I love animals. Yeah. I love dogs. Dogs are my favorite. Yeah, yeah because, they're, you know, as I keep saying, this whole thing with the wolves is that 
Where do you think man got most of his society from? Watching wolves. That's that amazing, was the first isn't it? Animal that, that people connected with when they climbed down out of the trees were wolves. And, you know, we forget that when we treat them the way we do. Or, yeah. you know, all animals. We forget that they have the same feelings as us. They have fear. Mm-hmm. They have hurt. They have love. You know, they have unconditional love. They're much better than we are. They don't worry about it if you do the wrong thing. They don't hold a grudge. They They're so much smarter and kinder than we ever will be. Yep. And, you know, we just don't get it. I yeah. just get so, so upset and uptight with all this stuff when I read about or see what people yeah. do with dogs. And yeah. Things are just like, I don't know how you can do it because if you look into an animal's eyes, you see yourself looking back. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. It's not like they're different to us. They're not just animals. They're, they're beings that have feelings. All animals have feelings, regardless of whether dogs or cats or birds. Oh, sure. Yeah. But dogs, because we're so close to them. Yeah. They have this whole thing, or we have this whole thing with them. They're, they're like part of who you are, part of your family, and that's. And unfortunately, that's where I am. I can't get past that one. It's the way I am, and it's the way I'm going to stay. And if you don't like it, the door's that way. And guess what? It closes and slaps you in the ass. <laughs> yes. Well, you have, enjoy the rest of your day. I will. And the rest of the weekend, you too. Enjoy the rest of the weekend, please. I will do it. the movies you like them or you want to talk about them, just drop me a line. I'm okay. quite happy to talk to you. Okay. All right, my sweet. All right, um, dear. I'll let you go. All and right. please be safe and uh, be well and the same goes for your family and we will talk later all right sounds good take care feel free to share this podcast with your friends and family you can also follow me on instagram at it's me lana reed also stop by apple Podcasts to subscribe rate and review many thanks to the musical genius of kevin mcleod at incompetech for our super slick theme song jet fueled vixen Thank you to Michelle Lawson for our witty and fun disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed by the guests on this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of the host, Beyond Garnet or Garnet Films.